Amen. Would you give the Lord a great big praise offering? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. It's wonderful to be in the house of the Lord and to, uh, uh, to share a little bit of time with you. While you're standing, if you will turn in your Bibles to the book of John chapter 4. And uh, before you're seated, I'll, I'll go ahead and read that and get that out of the way, and then we'll have a few remarks. Uh, thank you, Pastor. I mean, we love Brother and Sister Buford very much. Amen. So thank you so much for your friendship. And uh, book of John, chapter 4, verse 25. Um, I was asking y'all to turn there, and I didn't turn there myself. So uh, what is it? Um, John chapter 4, and we'll begin reading at verse number 25. Amen. The woman saith unto him, I know the Messiah that cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all these things. Jesus saith unto her, I that speak, am, uh, speak unto thee am he. And he came unto his disciples and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, What seekest thou, or why talkest thou with her? The woman then left her water pot and went into the city. And saith to the men, Come and see a man which told me all these things ever I did. Is not this the Christ? I want to preach to you for a few moments on the subject. Where did you leave your pot? Amen. Where did you leave your pot? Would you lift your hands to heaven and let's talk to the Lord for a few moments. God, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for hearing us, God. God, I'm asking you right now, let the power of the Holy Ghost saturate every person in this building. God, do a mighty work in this house tonight, today. Do a mighty work in the name of Jesus. And everyone said in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Yes, we, uh, I, I came back from the Philippines on Thursday, uh, arrived back in Indianapolis. Actually, I was in Houston Wednesday night, and then caught a 9 o'clock flight to Indianapolis to spend with my family. Uh, my mom and dad are retired missionaries there. My in-laws are retired missionaries there also. So uh, I just, I did everything I could to get back home. Amen. Spend time with the family. And we're thankful for that. Was over in the Philippines. Well, actually in Australia in October. And then three weeks later, about the time I got over jet lag, I got to go back to the Philippines. And uh, if you've ever flown overseas, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So if I fall asleep while I'm preaching, somebody just grab the mic and keep going. <laughs> Hallelujah. I've, uh, I, uh, it's very interesting. I, I told my wife, I said, man, I'm just, I don't know if I'm just getting too old for this or what. No, I'm just a, I'm, I'm just a young buck. Hallelujah. Uh, in, in the next few minutes, I hope to get you to smile or cry or uh, just... Um, just wave at me every once in a while and we'll be all right. I do love the presence of the Lord I feel this morning. Amen. Beautiful presence of the Lord. Thank you, singers, musicians. Thank you for leading us into the presence of the Lord. Uh, my wife and I will sing a little bit more tonight and, and uh, we'll just, uh, we'll just kind of see how it goes. Uh, I, I went to, the Lord gave me a, a message and I've kind of worked on it for quite some time. If you've ever preached or if you are a preacher, you know what I'm talking about. Um, sometimes the Lord give you a thought and you end up, uh, it, it has a life of its own and it grows. Um, you can, uh, and, and this is kind of one of those things the Lord has given me and it's grown with me. <laughs> I think I've outgrown it, but you know, sometimes uh, uh, I, I went to make the statement. I was preaching in Indiana and I went to make a statement 
to read the title and, and just off the cuff, I made the statement, where did you leave your pot? Well, I knew that they had brought a group of, uh, of, uh, of people that were in halfway houses. They brought them in. Out of 55, <laughs> out of 55 people in the church, there were 35 of them that were coming from the halfway house. And off the cuff, I just said, where did you leave your pot? <laughs> and they started looking at each other and going, I know where I'm, you know, and I'm going, oh, dear Jesus, have mercy. Out of uh, 30-some-odd people, 22 of them received the baptism of the Holy Ghost that night. And uh, so I, every time I, I read that, my mind goes back, and I, I kind of, uh, it, it just, it's one of those comical things for me. But uh, the, the book of John chapter 4, this woman uh, was, uh, during Jesus, during his earthly ministry, uh, the Lord sought to avoid crowds and notoriety. Uh, his purpose was to train the 12. It was not to make a splash. Um, I, I love going overseas and doing crusades, and I love preaching and teaching at the Bible school and just in, involved in any way I can and make as much of a splash as I can. Uh, I, I want to see people changed around the world. We were, I was just in Mindanao. It's an island in the southern part of the Philippines, and the U.S. government says, don't go there. Uh, I looked it up. Before, it's been 30 years since I was there. And uh, the U.S. government says, do not travel to Mindanao. So what did Tim Marshall do? I traveled to Mindanao. And uh, I prayed and fasted, and I didn't tell my wife where I was going until I got in the Philippines. And I called her. I said, by the way, I said, I'm going down there. She said, oh, dear Lord, I'm going to fast and pray every day. And uh, the Lord helped us, and we, we had a great time. We had a district conference and had a crusade on Saturday where several hundred people received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So when these things happen, it, it really is, uh, it makes it all worthwhile when you see God do something around the world. Amen. I, I believe that when we take care of the things of God, God will take care of our things. Amen. Let me say it again. When we take care of the things of God, God will take care of our things. And so I want to see revival all around the world. It's not just only in America, but different places around the world. But the Lord, it was different with him. He was not there to make a splash. When the crowds began to press him for uh, the fame or began to spread, and you're going to find him slipping off uh, with his disciples somewhere else. And this encounter at Jacob's well was one of those occasions. The Pharisees had heard that Jesus and his disciples baptized more candidates than John. And it was not time for his ministry to take a public place. And he just needed a few more months to be with and to train the twelve. And so the Lord departed from Judea into Galilee. And this journey brought him north into a place or through uh, the region of Samaria. It was on the outskirts of the city of Sychar. There was a plot of ground. And we've heard the story ten different hundred ways or whatever, 10,000 ways. And uh, it was a plot of ground that Joseph, that Jacob had given to Joseph. And there was a well that the locals called Jacob's well. Chapter one of John mentions Jacob's ladder. And in chapter four, we have Jacob's well. It was the one who was the embodiment of Jacob's ladder now comes to Jacob's well for a drink. It was in the heat of the day that, and at high noon that Jesus and uh, sent his disciples into town to purchase food. And uh, while he rested, and I knew that that was the beginning of Pentecost because it took 12 men to get food for one man. 
Amen. I, I told you I'm going to try to make you smile somewhere along the line. But it seemed like another chance for uh, an encounter between the Savior and a person, a very needy person on that bright day. But uh, with Jesus, there were no chance happenings. Uh, I, I want to say that again. I, I don't believe with the Lord there is no chance happenings. There, the, the Bible says the steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. And I, I don't believe that it was just an accident that he was sitting there. Everything in his life was filled with purpose and with great deliberation. I preached some time. In fact, I, I was praying about it today. Uh, the Lord gave me a message on living with intention. And I, let me just relax and act like I'm home here this morning, if, if you all don't mind. But there has got to be something intentional about us as children of God. Amen. We are going into a holiday season. It was kicked off and... Uh, you know, in the Philippines, they, they start uh, celebrating Christmas much earlier than we do here. They don't have Thanksgiving over there. And, uh, and so, uh, my, you know, I came home with, with uh, tinsel town all over, or tinsel everywhere. And I'm, I'm like, dear Lord, give me a few days before the, the holiday rushes on. But there is something about us as children of God. We have got to be intentional with everything we do. Amen. We're intentional with our finances. We're intentional with uh, most everything in our life. We're intentional with our retirement. We are intentional with our bills. We are intentional. But when it comes to God, sometimes we're not so intentional. It's almost just kind of we let things happen. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I present to you this morning that we have got to be intentional with God. Come on, every day when I wake up, there needs to be something in my spirit that says, God, I'm going to find somebody today that needs you. I'm going to be intentional about everything I do I want to draw closer to you I want to have a greater relationship with you I want to learn something new from you amen would we'll just say amen this morning I believe the Lord was called to that well uh, his spirit he was uh, by the woman with a sincere heart and a great burden I believe that the Lord was called to the city of Sychar in the region of Samaria to sow the seed that would ripen to be a great harvest of souls in Acts chapter 8 you see the woman in uh, John chapter 4 there cometh the woman of Samaria to draw water and Jesus saith unto her give me a drink and uh, we don't know the woman's name and it's perhaps the Lord knew that to uh, have this name upon the lips of believers for 2,000 years, it would violate her shy and uh, sensitive nature. And maybe her identity remained unknown because the painful details of her life are open to us. And so he said, I'm not going to identify who she is. And another thought is maybe the Lord didn't put a name on it because we can all relate with the story of a woman at the well. Amen. We could put our ourselves in her place. And she comes to the well in the heat of the day to draw water for her household use. She came at a time that was not convenient and probably in hopes that she would avoid other women. She, uh, while, while we don't know her name, we know that uh, she lived in a small community. We could hear, uh, she could hear the tongues wagging and she could see the looks of other people as she passed by because they knew who she was and they knew what she was and and so she chose to go at the heat of the day she chose to go when probably there was no one around and so as uh, my mind you'll find out real quick I'm ADDHD I'm high definition attention deficit disorder I was ADD before they knew what ADD was my dad would take his BLT and try to beat the ADD out of me 
and uh, they, I was the poster child for it. And my mom and dad would tell you they would, uh, they would apply the rod of correction to the seat of understanding. And uh, so I, you know, I, you'll find out real quick. I'm ADHDs, but here is how my mind worked. That she knew she had a need. She woke up in the morning. She said, "I've got to go get water from the well." And so as she begins walking down this dusty road, and uh, at the that, at the heat of the day, and maybe uh, she's carrying the jar on the side of her arm and and on her shoulder and. Uh, she says, I'm going to go to the well and draw water. And as she is walking down the road, she comes to a point where uh, she tries to look around the tree because she does not want to see anybody sitting up on the well. She does not want anybody around because she is tired of the way that people look at her. And she's tired of the thoughts they have about her. And when she turns around, she can see people talking about her. And maybe not knowing what their words are, she has an idea that they're talking about her. And and uh, saying what kind of woman and being judgmental and and uh, I, I don't know maybe this woman she had this uh, fear inside of her and as she's walking along she said I don't want to see anybody today I've, I, I feel so horrible about my lifestyle and as she rounds the point of no return and she realizes there's a man sitting up there and she says I can deal with that and she gets closer and she says uh, he's Jew because I, I there's a blue ribbon around his hand and there's, he's Jewish and so he's not going to talk to me because they have nothing to do with the Samaritans and uh, she draws closer and, and she's confident because there's nobody else around there except a single man sitting on the side of the well and, and she says I just have no problem because I can deal with that if I don't have to make eye contact I'm okay and, and so as she gets closer all of a sudden this man speaks out to her and maybe her heart drops down into her stomach and and she's, uh, her mind is screaming, please don't talk to me. But there was a need that she had, and Jesus knew she had a need. And, and Jesus said, I've come to meet you at your point of need. You think you need water, but I am here to give you living water. Ladies and gentlemen, I've come to this place today to tell you some of you may have walked in here just expecting an ordinary Sunday and expecting an ordinary service on a Sunday morning, but I've come to tell you there's more to it than that. There's people that have walked into this room today and you need to know that God is going to meet you at your point of need, uh, but there's got to be an expectation in our, uh, our, our, our atmosphere. There's got to be a level of expectation that he is going to meet me where I want him to meet me. If I don't want anything, then you can walk out of here without anything. But if you need something from God today, God wants to take care of your problem. God wants to relieve you of your situation. God wants to help you through the middle of your situation. Can somebody say hallelujah? This woman comes and lets the water pot down and, and all of a sudden this man kindly looks at her and says, would you give me a drink? So the conversation begins and a conversation between a woman in great need and the God who could handle her need and to, who could meet her need. You see, uh, as he begins to, she, she looks at him and she said, uh, who are you talking to me? And, and uh, uh, you're a Jew, I'm a Samaritan. And the lady carried more than an empty water pot to the well. She carried a heavy burden. 
burden. I'm telling you what, I feel the Holy Ghost in this building right now. She carried a burden so heavy that it kept her broken heart and her head bowed. It was not just about the water, but it was about something deep inside of her. She said, I know I've come to get water today, but I need more than water. I'm tired of the way that every, my life has been going. I've got to have some help in my life. Pentecost, we're, we're th I'm thankful I'm Pentecostal. I'm thankful for the apostolic uh, conversion. I, I'm, I'm thankful for who I am. I'm thankful for where I'm going. I'm thankful for where I've been. I'm thankful for a, her uh, a heritage. I'm thankful for uh, my mom and dad and, and my family. But you see, Pentecost was the conversation with humanity. God said, I am not going to send somebody else. I am going to go myself because there's a humanity that needs me. There's, there's men and women that need me that only I can do. I'm asking you today, where have you left your pot? Some of us want to look to the financial institution. I do not live on the economy of this world. I live on the economy of God. My God shall supply your needs according to his riches and glory. I know it's a Sunday morning, but I've got something deep inside of my spirit. This woman carried the burden of a despised race and a dominated gender. She was a Samaritan in a region surrounded by Jews who despised them. She was a female in a world dominated by males who degraded them. The pain and the bitterness in her voice when, how is it that thou, being a Jew, ask a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. She carried the burden of a divided heritage and a mixed race. You see, we can, she can tell that he's a Jew and, and she says, uh, uh, you know, uh, he, he was passing this way on to uh, Judea or to Galilee or to go north and, and she, so she felt a little comfortable but all of a sudden when he asked her for a drink, something begins to change. Something begins to happen and, and she says, well, who are you? Why are you asking me for a drink? And, and uh, she carried the baggage of a broken relationship and the wounds of a lost love. She had had five husbands and the man she lived with with now she was not married to or we assume you see those who believe that God does not recognize marriage and the need to note the, that the partner of Jesus did not recognize her husband was the one she was not married to even though divorce was more simpler in those days it was not common somebody hear me today the social stigma and all of that that went along with it was something that just uh, that the society did not uh, did not deal well with but Jesus said I'm not looking at what society says I'm looking at who you are. I don't, it doesn't matter what your past is. It doesn't matter where you've been. There's still a God that loves us in spite of our situation, in spite of where I've been. I thank God for his blood. I thank God that he shed it on Calvary. I thank God that he has forgiven me of my sins. Trying to help somebody. We, we've got to understand that, that there is a God that is concerned about us. See, she labored under the weight of misguided religion. You see, her religion was more about form and worship was concerned about the location because she said, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped here in this mountain. And you say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. 
she pointed to the mountain where the uh, and, and when she said this mountain for her worship was about location and religion concerned the ritual she, there was no mention of the object of worship there is a God to whom all worship must be directed through which all religion is empty and worthless along with her water pot these were the burdens that this unnamed woman carried she said I've got all of this weight upon my shoulder and I cannot carry it by myself Jesus said You've, I've asked you for water but if you would ask for me I can give you water that you'll never thirst again I want somebody to know at Lighthouse Church in O'Fallon, Missouri that there is a God that is willing to give us the water that we need a, a water that will spring up from inside of us that will never thirst again you see when the Lord is about to bestow a blessing he always gives a command and I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to step down I, I, and, and just I, I'm going to kind of flow in the Holy Ghost if that's alright with y'all but they're, 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 we're, we've entered into this holiday season where man it's just chaos it, it's just it's chaotic there are things that have disturbed my spirit that my, my spirit is just is so disturbed about society people are nuts people are just going there's stabbings in, in London stabbings in, uh, to all around the world I'm thinking you know, people say, "Well, let's let's outlaw guns." Well, got to get rid of knives. And Lord, people like me don't want to get rid of knives when it comes to a steak. Okay, y'all, y'all understand? Man, me and me and a fork and knife, we got a good thing going. Please don't mess that up. What I'm trying to say is that that everything society is going crazy. Just people are nuts about everything. But there's one thing that is sure that is the house of God that is the place where God says I'm going to meet with you yeah oh yeah we can, he'll meet with us at our house driving down the road I have cried and prayed and had a Holy Ghost fit I've had a Holy Ghost fit before that I've had to stop the car and jump out in the ditch and start dancing around oh come on that's that's really when everything is alright when you know you can get out of the car and dance around listen the Holy Ghost is not just relegated to a church building the Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, but even more as you see the day approach. In other words, man, get to the house every chance we get. But listen, it's not just in the house of God that we worship. Come on, when I get in the car, when I wake up in the morning, when I, I'm sitting on the side of the bed and I don't know where I'm at, when I, I don't know what hotel I am, I'm in or what city I'm in, I, I wake up in the morning and I just say, thank you, Jesus, for another day. Thank you, God, for what you're going to do. Please hear me today that I have got, every one of us in this building have got pots that we carry around we've got baggage that we carry around and God is saying today I want to relieve you of that problem I want to help you with that problem come on you don't have to carry it any longer it's not just a religious problem but there are problems that we have in our life God I don't know where to go I don't know what to do some of you under the sound of my voice have struggled with it just in the last 24 hours God is saying I want to meet you at your point of need I'm going to minister to you I'm going to pull listen and I'm, I'm going to help you out, but you've got to learn how to leave your pot at the well. Jesus said, give me a drink. She gives him a drink, obviously. And then all of a sudden, he begins to minister to her. He begins to, to tell her everything about her life. He said, I know you've been married five times. I know the man you're living with it right now. And that, that, that probably had to floor her because they didn't have databases like we do nowadays. <laughs> They didn't have internet. They didn't have Facebook, you know. Uh, they All of a sudden, he starts telling her everything about her. The Bible says she left her pot 
at the well and ran back into the city and told the men, you have got to come meet this man. He told me everything about myself. Our problem is we come to church and we, we carry our pot to church. We carry our burdens to church every, week after week after week after week. But when we go to leave church, and y'all got a wonderful pastor. I, I love them. Don't it, This is no reflection. I, 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 everybody, amen. Okay. Um, y'all got a wonderful pastor. But it doesn't matter how much the pastor preaches and how wonderful the pastor preaches. Many times we pick that pot up and leave it, leave with it. Hello. Come on, I, man, I, I, I'm taking it very easy. I, we're going to wind it up a little bit more tonight. But I feel so strongly in the Holy Ghost. God is wanting somebody to say, I'm going to leave my pot right here, God, and I'm not going to return to my problem. You see, the pot represents the problems that we need, have and the, the needs that we have. And, and she, le she, left the, the, she left the vessel that was going to fill her, her fleshly desire, her, her need for, for uh, life water. She, she left that right there with him. And she said, I'm not worried about myself right now. I want everybody else to know about this man. I, I, this, I feel the same way this morning. There is a God that knows who you are. He knows what you've gone through in the past. Maybe your life is perfect, but I can tell you there's a little something going on in every person in this building. There's something going on that we've got to leave at the foot of the altar. Brother Marshall, I've had the Holy Ghost 50 years. Congratulations. Bless God. It's wonderful. You're on your way to heaven. We have not made it, but we all have problems. We all have things we struggle with. We all have situations that come up in our life, but we've got to learn how to give it to God and say, God, I'm not in control of my life. God, it's not about me. I just, and y'all pardon me for my own reference here. I, I, I try my best not to, but it, it just doesn't always work that way. Uh, but I, we were just in the Philippines, or I was just in the Philippines. My wife didn't go. I took a couple of other guys with me because we went to that other island. And, you know, not, it wasn't good to have the ladies go with us. You know, they kidnap people down there. And, and so uh, I knew that if they took me, they'd let me go about breakfast time. <laughs> Man, we can't feed that dude. We, he's costing us too much money. <laughs> Anyway, I, I'm trying to get you to smile, but um, we, we, we flew back into Manila and one of the churches that we work with while we were in Australia, we get a phone call and uh, they said that the church burnt down. Well, the way the Philippines are, they, they have little barangays and barrios and stuff and the houses are, uh, you know, your, your back wall might be butted up to the back wall of my house. I'm, you know, it's not wall, it's, it's plywood and the houses, you couldn't stick a hand between the two of them, and it's just, they're on top of each other, they're, they're just, they might have a metal roof, but they might have a, a plywood roof with a tarp, you know, stretched out over it, and so we get a phone call, one of the churches, and in fact, the pastor's daughter was with us in Australia, and uh, we began to talk to her, and we began to minister to her, and, and uh, whenever I went over, we took some money to help them start rebuilding some things, and and trying to help them out. But we went down in there to feed these kids that were many homeless kids. And uh, I, I've got pictures that maybe I should have showed you at some point. But we get down in there, and it's, um, I'll just be honest with you, it's, uh, I was raised there. I was raised in the Philippines. But this was, it went to another level. Um, we had to cross over a ditch, and I was, I was praying the Lord that I didn't fall in because there was, it, it just was not, it was open sewage. It was, uh, you're you're tiptoeing. You're trying to step on rocks so you don't put your foot in uh, the shoe. And, and we get down in there. And the, the the kids were just a mess. The the houses you could smell the smoke and the 
the, the burnt houses and stuff like that. And we get down there and the pastor meets us. He's a great, great man, Brother Ferrar. And, and um, I, I see him and he says, here, this is our church. And, and uh, all I see is, is about a two foot, three foot wall of, um, uh, of uh, blocks that, that are around the church. There's no roof, there's no sides. And they have a, a tarp pushed over, put over it between two poles and they've, they've got this tarp for the kids to come up under and they had 85 kids up under there and, and we start handing out uh, packets of uh, chicken and had some rice in there and all these kids, we get them in there and they pray and they have them sing a song and man, my heart just, my heart went out. I, kids literally had, there were several children that had no clothes at all, zero clothes. We've we've gone in there, we bought 140 pair of of, uh, of, of clothes and bought 90 pair of shoes to try to take care of these kids and there was just about three weeks earlier four weeks earlier another friend of ours had gone in there and, and uh, he said the Lord gave me a dream and he bought shoes for a lot of the kids and, and before he said I had a dream that I was washing kids feet and, and uh, the, the man had to leave and, and I've got pictures of the pastor and his daughter washing the feet of these kids before they put the shoes that is real ministry folks that's where it's all come on taking care of the homeless that's the word of God. Hello. My heart went out to him because these, this is about life. I, I grabbed the basketball. I went over there and started playing basketball. Hurt my leg, but I played basketball. And, and man, I, I was standing over there with them, and, and I'm, I'm wondering how many of these people have got problems, and, and, and they don't know where to go. They don't know what to do, and they don't know, how, they don't know where to turn. Their house was just burnt down. As, as I'm walking in, a man says, oh, sir. He said, come see my house. And he said, and I walk up, and it's just, it's, it's like a two-story, but the, the, the floor was was plywood and he was so proud of it and, and he said sir this is my house I'm I'm rebuilt my house and I'm I, you know I'm excited for him because he has a place a dry roof over his head but I'm saying there's more to it than just uh, materialism ladies and gentlemen there's more to it than just what you and I enjoy all the time it's understanding that even though we have problems there is a God that can help us there's a God that can reach to us at our point of need but we've got to have that Listen, come on, we can hand out chicken and rice all day long, but their lives have got to be changed. I'm telling you that to tell you this. Your pastor can stand up and preach. Evangelists come along and preach, but as long as we walk out of here the same way that we walked in here, it does not do a bit of good. There needs to be something intentional in our spirit that says, God, I'm going to draw closer to you. God, I'm going to do something greater. God, I want to move closer to you than I have ever been before making any sense at all this morning come on she lays her she sits the pot down and she runs and she goes and tells the others hey there's this man you've got to come meet him you've got to come see who Jesus see this man he told me everything about it Marshall what, what, are, you, what are you getting at I'm walk, what I'm getting at is the Holy Ghost spoke to me this morning and there was something strong in my spirit that there's people that walked in here and you've got great problems you've got problems there's people that in this building right now that God said, I want to help you out of your situation, but you have to do something about it. Many times we want the preacher walk up and, man, the Lord told me this, and I saw this, and I saw that. But there's sometimes God says, I want you to take the first step and get up. Come on, somebody, I'm, I'm preaching to you this morning. That there, I know it's a Sunday morning, but I, I always like Sunday nights. <laughs> so I try to make them both Sunday night services. I'm just the type of person, I'm not going to waste a service, okay? I, so I, I want somebody to understand there is a God that's going to take care of your problem. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 
went to, we, we got over there in the Philippines. Again, I'm so sorry for, for referring to this, but it fits exactly where, where, where I'm at right now. We walked, we went over there and I had people give me money. I took for about $1,500, I had people give us money and I took, and I, I got in the van, the pastor was sitting next to me or sitting behind me and his daughter was in the, the same row that I was sitting over a couple of you know, seats over. And uh, I said, I've got something for you. And tears just began to flow. He said, thank you so much. We, we're trying to rebuild. And I said, look, we, I don't want to just help you rebuild. You don't need to rebuild. This is the second time the church has burnt down in two years. Second time the church has burnt down. I said, I, I don't want to help you just build right there. I said, I'm, we're going to give you a little bit of money right now. And we're going to help you rebuild just to have a little place to minister to these kids. But we're going to help you find a church building somewhere away from all the fire and all the way that this won't happen again. And he said, oh, sir, this is what we need so bad. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I was at... A, churches all around. It's not about just us right now. There's a God that wants to take care of every problem in this place. Every person in this building, whatever you came in here with, God wants to take care of. Come on, if he can do it over 10,000 miles away, I know he can do it right here today. It's not about me, but it's about somebody saying, God, I've got a problem. I, I Listen, I, it, it doesn't mean that we're sinners. Hello? become too professional at being a Pentecost is that I've got this this look on my face and I'm, I'm, I'm perfect everything is fine when we know really I've got problems in my life it does not mean that I'm a sinner it just means that I've got a need and I'm human as long as I have got breath in my body there's going to be a problem somewhere but I need to learn how to lay it at the feet of the cross I'm getting ready to go to this trip and I'm going God where Sometimes when I want to pick it up, my wife says, babe, just leave it right there. She'll say, the Lord done it every time. I say, yeah, you're right. Okay, it's kind of relaxed. A am I making sense at all this morning? This woman, she came to him with a physical need. She didn't realize she had a spiritual need. But Jesus realized that, that, that her spiritual need was much more important than her physical need. church in that part of Manila, Novotis. When you pray, just pray that the Lord will bless the little church in Novotis. Very easy to remember, Novotis. Say, God, I'm asking you to touch us, help us. Even this morning, there's people that God says, I'm going to help you out of your need, out of your problem. Where did you leave your pot? Where did the leave you pot, the pot that represents your, your, your physical tried to pick you up and carry you out of this place one of us would get hurt <laughs> either me trying to carry you or me dropping you one of the two it's, it's gonna but if my if my luggage was like this I wouldn't get very far but if I leave my problem where it's at then God says I'll take care of what 
we want to carry it all the time. We want to, come on, would you lift your hands to heaven? I, I'm, I'm trying to get across something in the spirit this morning that God is saying, I'm trying to meet somebody at your point of need. Hallelujah. Would you lift your hands? Come on, would you lift your hands to heaven right now all across this room? Hey, Rabaha, Come on, would you lift your hands? Would you, would you talk to heaven right now in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus? If, have her give me a little bit of keyboard if you don't mind. Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Would you stand with me this morning? In the name of Jesus.